Welcome to the Make Life Click podcast. Our vision is to awaken deeper levels of connection, direction and purpose in people's lives through a reimagining of online community. We believe in the power of trust and that we're at our best when we're together. Welcome back to the MLC, the Make Life Click podcast. I'm really pleased to welcome you to what is now episode six and um, also to my guest, Chris Terrell. Hi, Chris. Hi, Tim. And something that I always say at the start of these podcasts is just welcoming um, people um, who haven't listened to the podcast in the past. Make Life Click is a new online community and we're in the preview um, stage of launch at the moment. And the community is rooted in seven values, which are trust, humility, honesty, kindness, appreciation, courage and curiosity. And really pleased to welcome Chris to talk about the fifth of Make Life Click's values, appreciation. So, Chris, over to you just to give us a, a little intro. Thanks for inviting me along to this, Tim. It's, uh, it's much appreciated. But I'm Chris. Um, uh, first and foremost, I'm a dad of a three and a six-year-old girls, um, a husband, uh, 30 years in financial services industry, uh, including uh, lead business analyst and project manager in operations and IT. I've been a commercial manager, a trainer, a mentor, and a coach, along with lots of other things. So I've done lots of uh, lots of different types of things over 30 years uh, within within the bank. And um, I took redundancy a year ago, um, proactively uh, sought it as well, um, because I I felt I needed to change. I felt I'd, I felt a little bit maybe trapped in the environment or organisation I'd worked for. And I just got to that stage where I thought, you know what, I just want to see what else is out there before I get to the end of my career. I want to uh, I don't want to look back and regret that I never stepped outside of the of the financial industry. Um, and I was also, of course, attracted by a, a very nice redundancy package. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, this was um, quarter four, 2019. Um, little did I know what was in in store. Uh, unfortunately, my father passed away. Um, I was then hit with the realities of IR35 legislation. Uh, COVID struck, and then obviously there's been an economic downturn. Um, and through all of that, and through also being, I would suggest being a a person that has, has obviously experienced life in a certain way for a very long time, to have all of that then taken away and turned upside down. I actually felt I was losing my way somewhat and felt completely out of control of what was going on. So that's me um, and, and where I am, I guess, in the world at the moment. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Chris. And it's a, it, it's a particular privilege for me to be talking to Chris and for us to be hearing from Chris because a kind of point of connection that Chris and I have is I, I too left a, a full-time role back at the end of 2019, had lots of plans for what I was going to be doing early in 2020. Um, then, yeah, COVID struck um, and I had to rethink things. And it was through that shared experience that Chris and I came into contact with each other, the power of social media, social networking. It's what got us talking. So, I can honestly say that if it wasn't for COVID and the pandemic, Chris and I wouldn't be speaking now and you wouldn't have the privilege of uh, hearing from them as part of this podcast. So it's strange how these things work out. In amongst all of this and everything that's been going on for you over the past few weeks and months, what's motivating and inspiring you today? I think certainly as as we've we've sort of mentioned before, I feel like I've been on a, a real journey over the last 12 months. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had challenges that I never thought I would expect to have, um, dealing with sort of the things going on in the world and the, the, all the noise going on in, in around economic and political and, uh, you know, trying to think about what it is I want to do and realising the recruitment environment is a very competitive place. So not think finding things as easy as I thought I would do, to be absolutely honest. So, you know, what's motivating me now, I would say is that, or inspiring me, I guess, is that I've, I've managed to get myself into a situation where the, my view of the world and what is important 
is different now than when it was a year ago. Um, you know, I've realized I need to motivate and inspire myself. It's my responsibility. So what I've been doing is undertaking sort of certain disciplines to, to, to be the best version of myself through these difficult times um, in, in, what, you know, in self-motivation. You know, it's easy to to start feeling a little bit sorry for yourself or losing a bit of your your mojo because things aren't panning out as as maybe you expected. Um, it's also easy to divert your focus and energy in all the wrong places, such as social, you know, politics, as I've mentioned, social media, COVID, you know, the economy. So by focusing on being the best version of myself, and I can give a bit more structure to what I mean by that. Um, helps my mental and physical well-being and by doing that it helps all the people that are important to me that are around me because while I was going through all of this and going through this these challenges and and, and finding things a bit uncomfortable and, and, and quite concerning you then start passing those negative um, feelings and thoughts and frustrations across to the people that are close to you so you're you're not being a particularly pleasant person or not being the best the not you know the the dad that your, your kids love or your the husband that your wife loves you you end up being a little bit of, or, or even quite a bit you know sort of negative or uncomfortable in your own skin so I've, I've kind of come to terms with all of that and I've kind of done something about it so um really you know what's motivating me is that there are other people out there such as yourself who are also stepping back reviewing your own values and then coming up with such great initiatives as, as Make Life Click. You know, you, they've come across, as you mentioned, I would never have spoken to people like you before and, and other, other contacts uh, that I've come into contact with that have had a massive influence on my life and my thinking and how I go about things. And in a way, I'm, I feel a bit blessed that I have had this situation because positives have come out of it. You know, I, I would never have been looking at, you know, t turning the mirror around on myself and looking at how I how I deal with things and how I, you know, how I can be the best version of myself, the most, you know, valuable to everybody else around me as well, if these circumstances hadn't have come. Now, I've got those skills for the rest of my life and I'll be intending on using them and hopefully passing them on as well. So so that that for me, as you said earlier, positives do come out of of some of these challenging times. Yeah. Talk to us, Chris, about the turning point a little bit more. So COVID struck, you realised that all couldn't be and wasn't going to pan out as you'd perhaps planned it to in your mind towards the end of last year. Something has then happened, you've been through an experience, but then a turning point's happened. Expand on that turning point a little bit more. So I think I, I, without, without being able to understand it myself I was probably feeling like I was down a bit of a rabbit hole and I, I didn't know I was in the dark I didn't know which way was forward or which way was left or right and it, it just it just felt that I was out of control of, of everything going on around me and I had no influence on that and I came across um it's one of these things you see, and there's lots of them, everybody in there and their uncle are doing them at the moment. But I come across um, a, a thing on Facebook, a guy called James Boardman, who's one of is a an ex-Marine and, and he's offering a five day free um, um, training course, like a like a you know a, a thing that you do on Facebook over the over five days. And I thought, do you know what? I've always been one of those people to go. I'm never say never turn things down. You know, give give things a chance to see if they were. I'm thinking it's not costing me any money. There's no there's no money in it, and I don't believe that for a minute. You know, no, it's, there's always going to be a cost, so I'll switch off as soon as the, the cost comes into it. And what the what really resonated with me in in the why, why I clicked yes and I want to do this was that he just explained to me in words very simple words exactly how I felt in that I didn't feel in control. I, I didn't, you know, I've, where I was in my life, I didn't feel comfortable with, I, you know, it didn't, it, nothing felt right, nothing felt comfortable. And I, and, you know, I want to take back control of my life. And I thought, 
that sounds ex- extraordinary. That sounds exactly what I want to do. I want to take back control. So I went through that five-day process. And I think you know, what, what was really great about it is it gave me a structure. And I wouldn't say any of it was rocket science, but it just gave me a structure to focus on four particular, what he calls columns, in personal development, career, um, relationships, um, and um, I'm trying to think, whether he, and, and health. So, so those are the four kind of areas. And what he said, and, and what made it really tangible and feasible was that he said, you just look at the things that you want to try to improve. Look at the thing. How can you be a better version of yourself? And how will that have an impact upon the people that you love and the people that are around you? And I suddenly realized that by trying to be a bit more selfish with my time and by focusing on me to do the things that I need to do to make myself the best version of myself, everybody else benefits. Mm-hmm. And and it is absolutely, you know, for me, it's that that would that's what turned me around. It gave me a skill set or a or a tool set that I could use. And don't don't get me wrong, that that you know, I, I haven't suddenly turned into this this Jedi that have mastered all of these things overnight. It's a it's a it's a life it's a life work. You you always will need to be reviewing and and seeing what can you do better. What what one percent will I focus on this week to just to try and improve. But it, but for me, that was the difference, and that turned things around for me in terms of taking back some ownership, not, you know, focusing on the things I could concentrate on and that I had, that I could actually influence versus the things that I couldn't influence, and all that noise that actually just added to stress and anxiety, and I had no control over it. So if this, you have no control over it, what's the point in wasting your resources listening to it and and engaging in it? So, so yeah, that for me was a, the single point, really, of a, a sort of turning point. I really love that, Chris, and particularly what you say around the experience that you had through doing the um, course that James runs. In in terms of not just thinking about career, as it, as I guess it would have been really easy for you to, how am I going to earn money? How am I going to support my family? How am I going to um, continue and expand upon the identity that of my last 30 years through what I do as, as mm-hmm. a job, almost it sounds like calling you to take a step back and saying quite gently, um, it's not just about career. It's also about you. It's about your personal development. It's about your relationships. It's, it's about your health. It's about life of which career is a, a part. We, within make life click, um, uh, talk about, discuss this whole area of, hope over fear how might your life be different if you base more decisions on hope rather than fear as you were stepping back and thinking about your life more holistically and focusing in on yourself and asking what do I want what do I um, want for my family for my health for other areas of my life how did or did hope become a part of that and was hope something that you'd considered before well, I think um, I've always been a person that's been quite a successful project manager because and people would sometimes call me the half um, the glass half empty type of person, which isn't actually true. I'm a, I'm a very positive person, but I like I, I look at the things that are going to bite me, that, that are going to be the most painful and try and mitigate against them. And so that's my mindset. And that's why I've, I've, trans, I've taken that from my career from being a project manager. But the only problem with that is when you're, when, you, when you're not in control of some of those circumstances around you, such as you have no control over, then if your wife lost her job, you have no control over what the economy might look like um, in the next year or two, what that might mean to your daughters. You've got no control over... So, all of these things I was talking about before that that are that are all over the news, all over Facebook. Everybody's got very polar polarized views on every subject these days. It appears, and and everybody appears to be uh, you know profession 
professional in in their in their understanding of these things, which clearly no you know, majority of people aren't. So so I think my focus was is actually taking control of my own mindset, you know, understanding what my values were and what's important to me. And that's why I said my view of the world is different now than it was a year ago, because a year ago it was about the ego, you know, it's about leaving a company I worked with for 30 years, get a really well-paid contractor job, you know, pretty well kind of flicking the Vs at people I've worked with before saying, look at me now, you know, I've, I've taken over the world. And at some stage in the last year, realising that actually that's not happening, <laughs> that, yeah. that plan hasn't quite worked. And then, you know, again, was something I've picked up from somebody else that I've come into contact with who, who has been, um, has been really helpful um, a guy called Steve Preston, who, who runs something for for redundancy, um, and you know, just the word redundant. You know, you, you've got to change your mindset around how you perceive yourself. Mm. You know, so all of a sudden now, I'm coming to terms with I had a job for thirty years, and now I don't. I'm not needed by that company anymore because they're they're cracking on without me. I've got my nice little redundancy package which will look after me for a little bit but i'm you know the word redundant sounds awful you know so you'll have changed that language you'll think i'm actually in career transition i'm transitioning in between one one career and one job and another or what i want to do for the next 30 years i think one of the things for me the hope that i had which suddenly turned it around for me is so many people that i know and i was one of them was working towards the day I retired. And it suddenly, by working with Steve Preston and also James Boardman, it made me realise that that is just such an awful mentality to have. What we, my, my hope is that I can get myself into a situation where I don't want to stop working at retirement age because what I'm doing, I'm loving so much that you know i'm bouncing out of bed still you know that i still want to do it you know it's not the fact that because i've just i turned 50 a year ago and you start thinking about well okay so i've got another maybe 15 years left of working maybe a bit less of that if i can play things right well actually you know i'm I'm sort i'm counting down counting down my days towards my demise that's 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 no way of thinking You, you you know for me i'm hoping to live to 90 if not more I'm only just over halfway through. I've got another 40 odd years left of this. So what do I want to do? What, how do I want to make the most of those last 40 years? So, so that for me, that that's the fear was I'm not going to be able to get a job. Um, my wife might lose her job. Um, the economy might go down the toilet and my, my daughters, I've got no control over these things. I'm meant to be protecting them against all these things. So flipping that to, managing what's in my own control yeah. being the version of myself understanding what's true to me and my values focusing on what i really enjoy doing and what i want to do and what's going to make me bounce out of bed every morning that is that is the most important thing because then i've got you know even if i can pass on a legacy to my daughters by setting something up that even i could pass on to them even from my life experience you know that that for me is is probably the most important thing Expand me on that just a, a little bit further, Chris. If the Chris of now, the Chris of today, met the Chris of 2019, so you've just left your old job. Yeah. In terms of outlook and approach to the future, what advice would you give yourself? I feel, I feel like you've just put me in the leather chair. I'm, I'm, I should be paying for this, Tim. This is, this is good stuff. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think very, very succinctly, which which sometimes is, is difficult for me. I do talk quite a bit. But very succinctly, I think it's um, passing those skills on or those tools that I've learned to be able to say, look, don't f- focus on the things that are in your control. Don't waste your energy and resources, mental resources, your energy, whatever, on the things that you haven't got control over. You have, there's no point wasting your time looking at them. It's only going to upset you. It's only going to, you know, make the whole, you know, doom and gloom even worse. So don't focus on that. 
focus on what's really important to you. Try to find something, try to understand what your values are. What is it you get a real kick out of personally in your own family environment, career-wise? What is it you really enjoy doing? Don't just assume that because you've always been a project manager that you need to be a project manager. You know, understand what you, what what's really important for you, not how other people perceive you. And I think those words are so easily said, um, but without sort of some tools around them to, to give people to say, and this is kind of how I can help you do it. This is the sort of things that you can do to help yourself. You know, I think those are really important. You know, kind words, nice words, positive words are great. You know, we've all seen those those things that are put on LinkedIn and Facebook and they, they and you think, yeah, that's all, that's the way I should think today. And then you forget about it the next day. So it's, a, it's ongoing work. You've got to work hard at it. You've got to be really focused at it. And, and that's, you know, if you do that, you've got a chance. You really have got a chance of, of, of being much more content about who you are. And, and not only that, I'm a great believer in you do, you do positive things and make positive actions, positive things will then happen. And I honestly have I've experienced that in, in the last 12 months. If you're the one encouraging someone in this area, how would you talk about ways in which to get the balance right between pushing and trying and um, investing energy versus stepping back, relaxing, and maybe um, accepting the situation, bring that term acceptance into the conversation? How would you talk to someone around when to push, when to step back and relax? Well, I think is it in my control or isn't it? You know, and they're, and they're very polar situations. There might be things that they're not in your control, but you still might have some influence. And what is that influence? What does that influence look like? So as I, as I said, I have now a, uh, a weekly plan that I, that I look for, I go through on a Sunday night. I've got a set of rules that I have put in place um, that I review and try and review daily, if not every other day, just to bring me back to those views, to those, to what my rules, what what's important to me, have my plan around what I'm going to do in personal development, career, relationships and health that week, what I want to try and focus on a little bit better. Yeah. So that's the weekly plan. And then I've got a daily plan where I put that, try to put that into plan every day. And I think for me, what the most important thing around that was, because I've never liked these 10 year plans. Where do you want to see yourself in 10 years? I've never, I've never been able to answer that question um, because I've always thought about it is about a career is I've never really thought about it personally. And, and now I look at those four pillars and think, well, where do I want to be in 10 years time? Well, with my relationships, I want to be a great dad. I still want to have that great relationship with my daughters when they're teenagers. Now I might be asking too much, right? Having, having two daughters that are going to be teenagers and have a great relationship, but I want to focus on what my relationship is with them now and continue to focus on that relationship to give me a chance of having that situation. Just as an example, I want to be in 10 years time doing something. I'm bouncing out of bed in the morning to do that I've still got that passion that I want to do it and I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, that's that's the goal. Yeah. So so for me, in terms of trying to, knowing when to push and when to retract and when to just go, do you know what, that's not in my control. By having those activities every day, by looking at those things every day and every week and every month, you it becomes quite easy to do it. You You, you become quite disciplined and, and trained almost it becomes second second nature to be able to go do you know what i, I don't need to be concentrating on that that's just noise or that's pain and i'm and I'm, I'm not getting there with it and it's not working 
let's look at what I can do to be more positive about it, either by influencing it, doing it in a different way, or by just going, let's focus my concentration, my efforts in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Chris, there's there's so many more um, questions that I'd, I'd love to talk to you about in in this whole area but if we can move on to the area and the the value of appreciation you talked earlier um about the challenge that you had around this word redundant yeah i'm sure there's so many people listening who can appreciate that either through just past experience pre-covid or as a result of the pandemic that we're in now um did appreciation form a part of your coming to terms with in inverted commas redundancy yeah definitely because because you're not getting that natural kick out of even if people aren't saying thank you you sometimes know you're doing a good job you know you've made a difference and you're not you're not getting that anymore so for me it's okay how can i fill that gap and you know i'm spending a lot of time at home i've got two daughters i've got a wife these people are more important than me to any than any big corporate that i might be working for so get those get those kicks out of the things you're doing focusing on on them so you know so so what i've done as an example there tim is just focusing on one of one of my rules is that after a certain time in the evening you know when i've when i've switched off from my job hunt or whatever I'm doing, or it's now tea time, or I'm doing the running, or doing the bath, what have you. I put my phone away, just because I found myself being distracted. Something comes through, something I was looking at earlier. All of a sudden, I'm getting a, you know, everything's there, isn't it, on your phone? All your apps are on there, so you know, notifications are coming through. So I just, I literally just put my phone in my pocket and ignore it, so that I know that instead of my children looking at me when I'm looking at my phone and I'm not engaging with them, or they might even be talking at me and I can't even hear them because I'm looking focused on something else. I've ne- that phone's gone away, so I'm now completely engaged with them. And same with, same with my wife as well. So, so it's, it's, by, by doing that, I'm, I realise I'm getting so much more out of my relationship with my wife and my children rather than letting my phone, as an example, take over that and, and distract that. So that's able, how I was able to then get some some of those rewards and those kicks by knowing I'm doing positive things. I might not get in being thanked for it, but I know I'm adding value and I know that I'm getting something positive out of it by just doing something simple like that. There's a phrase, we judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their behaviors or some would say others by their actions. Yeah. Chris, you and I were, before we hit record, we were talking about, the investment that you made in in a ring doorbell, which is a doorbell that activates itself whenever anybody comes near the front door. But one of the advantages or disadvantages, as you might put it, has been that it records you going in and out, which then means yeah. that you can play back and see how you appear at face value. So yes. We think we know what we mean, what we intend within our minds, but how we come across to people on, on the outside is the reality of everyone around us just thinking about that a little bit more in this whole area of appreciation maybe even like appreciation of self and the whole experience that you've been through over the past few weeks and months could you just 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 tell us a little bit more about what you've learned about yourself and how part of that has been a a kind of stark wake-up call I've seen how I appear from the outside and that's causing me to want to make change. Well, absolutely, Tim. And, and you know, thank you for mentioning that about the ring doorbell. Cause I think, you know, there's a difference between thinking I'm doing all I can. And actually, as, as I mentioned to you, just looking at some of those videos. And as I mentioned that, you know, generally when I'm leaving the house is because I'm trying to get the girls to school or I'm coming in from a, particularly onerous journey home where you know they want to pick every flower or they want to do it and it's just going do you know what embrace that and enjoy it and enjoy that time that they're doing that what what you're rushing for why, why are you in a rush you know i basically process myself to over the last 30 years to always be in a rush to be somewhere or to be doing something and actually i don't need to be in a rush you, you just embrace that opportunity but 
as you said, you know, by looking at those ring doorbells and, and I was, I, I looked at them and I was devastated in how I was kind of showing myself to them in that even though I wasn't saying any words, I just looked completely fed up. I just looked completely like stressed because, you know, I had 15 minutes of trying them to get them to brush their teeth and put their shoes on and, you know, and all of a sudden the next minute they've got the tooth toothpaste in their ear and what have you and it's you know all that kind of stuff leading up to that and all of a sudden then what I then present myself at that moment in time even might have a reason for it there's been a stressful situation is anybody else that sees me especially my daughters all they see is how I'm presenting myself at that moment so you know it, it just gave me another tool it gave me another opportunity to go do you know what that that's really that's really helpful to me because it means I've got something I can work on and I can focus on and, and do something about it. Now I wanted to explain that Tim. I don't think it necessarily answers answers your question, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know I think it is really quite helpful to realise that get the opportunities for feedback as you can because you know like we used to do three sixties, you know three thought feedback and you always get little nuggets of insight and you can deal with those in two ways you can either accept them and and try and do something about it um or you can reject them and say well that's them not me that's their that's their their fault how they perceive me that's not how i think you know um ultimately i know which side of that that barrier i want to be on and i want to be on the positive side to try and change and influence how I'm coming across with every particular relationship I have with every individual that I'm coming across with, try and understand where they're coming from as well. And trying to be just a bit aware of that, how I might come across to them and just trying to concentrate a little bit on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's some fantastic insights in what you're saying, Chris. And um, I've said it before. I said again, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people listening who will be able to resonate with, um, at least aspects, if not everything, that you're saying, particularly at a more human level. Um, just picking up on something you said around 360-degree feedback, that's something that we've, for those who have worked in the corporate world, probably in particular, will know what um, Chris means, where you kind of put yourself in a position of actually vulnerability in the face of those around you to say, how do I actually come across? Be honest yeah. with me. Um, thinking back to what you said about the work with um, uh, the work that you've been doing with uh, James and um, looking at more than just career, looking at personal development, relationships, health, looking at life at a more holistic level. Do you invite and involve others, e.g. your children, your wife, your friends in, into the feedback process? So not just being about career now, being about whole life. Do they essentially give you 360 degree feed, feedback? I don't yeah so I don't generally have to invite feedback from my <laughs> wife I get it all the time but uh, <laughs> but but in a way she's a grown up you know for me my invested efforts are with my daughters so you know what I try to do is invite um or or have conversations so let's say things get a bit out of control one of my daughters doesn't listen to me or after asking her five times to do the same thing I end up sort of raising my voice or even worse shouting or something and what I will try and do with that situation is by getting I will be getting feedback but it's trying to come to terms with it not sweep it under the carpet so time a little bit of time goes past and then I have a chat with them later and say um I'm really sorry I've shouted at you earlier and I think just by being able to as an adult apologize to a child massively gives them sort of um enforces their position in in the world you know that that wow my dad's saying sorry to me for something he did but explaining what happened and what was going on that that's what how it made me feel mm -hmm. and that i shouldn't have shouted it no that's 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 not right um but then moving into understanding why they were doing what they were doing or and and you know what just by having those conversations you then get insight to what was going on there might be something else going on in their world but 
because you're a grown-up and they're a child, you just think they should just be doing as they're told sort of thing, right? And and actually, you're getting an insight by having those conversations. I found them massively rewarding because not only I'm getting the understanding from them about how it made them feel. So, you know, they, they, they may sometimes may not have been too concerned about it or they, they might have understood or it made them feel a bit, you know, a bit bad and they felt a bit guilty or they, they come out with some quite powerful words. And, and then you realise that, wow, I'm, I'm actually, by my bits of stress that I'm taking in from some other situation and then applying it to them, yeah. this is how it's making them feel. So for me, that was a way of, of, of trying to manage that and trying to do a bit of that 360 as we, as we know and love it as. But obviously the difference between the 360 is you know, with a 360 is normally a, a person that is receiving the information, they pass it on to you. So you don't necessarily know who it's come from with this. Obviously you're getting that honesty, but also building trust with the most important people in my life that they can feel honest and, and, and be open with me and talk to me. And that's obviously something, again, as I said earlier, I want to try to encourage that going forward. So by the time that they're hormonal stroppy teenagers, there's the foundation that they can be honest with me and they, and we have that trust. Even if we do lose it with each other occasionally, you know, there is that foundation that obviously, you know, we, we can still be honest and, and, and comfortable in, in being honest with each other. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful thing that you're saying there, there, Chris, that you're essentially demonstrating and role modeling um strength through vulnerability to your children and humility too. And I, I deliberately use the word strength because I guess it'd be all too easy to perceive um, saying sorry or inviting feedback from your children as, as oh, I, I can't do that because that makes me seem like I, I don't know it all or I wouldn't maybe want to confuse my children by showing something that could be perceived as weakness. Actually, children have wisdom within them and if it's yeah. put to them in in the right way and the right words are used and the right heart is behind it the right motivations behind it that i believe actually um is received by them as a strength and as they become teenagers young adults grow into adults that then almost gives them permission to do the same themselves but in a uh, as an act of strength yeah yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, ultimately, as, as we sort of talked about earlier, I think we, we, we are bred and we still have the same sort of brains as we did when we were sort of cave people to, to be sort of looking after ourselves in, in not showing weakness. You know, it's all about showing strength. And actually, there's so much strength to be shown by... Um, vulnerability and strength in vulnerability as you as you've as you said tim is is it really is important and you know I, I generally do that anyway right so i'm always the first one to have a little bit of a poke and a dig and a joke about myself you know when i was doing my old training days guess what that put everybody at ease you know you're not the guy at the lectern you know spouting out and and, and being the, the 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 big man in charge you're the person that's approachable and able to have a little bit of a joke at myself and and it puts people at ease and, and brings people out of their shells a little bit as well so you know it, it's a it's a really powerful tool yeah. uh, in your toolbox yeah yeah let's talk about legacy you've already mentioned legacy and the word legacy could mean different things to different people and i think to lots of us when we think legacy we think when i'm gone so when i'm not mm -hmm. here anymore um, but linking that back into appreciation, so I'd love to ask you what what have you come to appreciate about yourself over these past few months that you perhaps didn't appreciate before 2020, before the pandemic hit, before you've been through the experiences that you've been through? And how has that appreciation kind of part B to that question? How has that newfound appreciation? influenced legacy well 
I've, as, as I said, I'm already doing this journey anyway in terms of, you know, um, being the best version of myself. I think you used a better word for it when we were having a chat beforehand. Um, Tim, what, what did you... Authenticity, wasn't it? Being the most authentic version of yourself. Um, but one of the exercises I did, you know, speaking specifically about the question you've asked there, is a, one of the exercises I did with Steve Preston was um, he said to you know, one of the things we will never do is attend our own funeral, right? Um, and what he said is just this exercise, it's a, it's a bit like a 360, but he said what you want to try and do is, is write out to some trusted people that, you know, and, and I did from different ways of life, from different friendship groups, just to ask them to tell you what it is that, they will that you will be remembered for what you think what they think you stand for what they think you're best at all that kind of stuff because during all these torrid times it's so hard to think about all the negative stuff going on and and about where the next client's going to come from where the next you know job's going to come from and and to to try to put yourself in a position of 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 you know confidence you've got to try to be confident as well you've got to try to be on your best form mm. and to give yourself a little injection of you know what makes you feel good about yourself i would recommend that activity to anybody listening to this podcast because what i got back was so powerful that it one allowed me to focus on those strengths but two made me realize that I was focusing so much on the negatives about the things I maybe haven't done in my career or the things that I hadn't gained experience in or where the gaps were or, you know, what was wrong with me rather than what was right with me and where my strengths are. And that's the, that's the place to, that's the place to, to come from, yeah. you know, that's your launch pad. And yeah. it, it was such a good thing to do. So that, as a as a recommendation all day long it, it it helps me with my journey but secondly in terms of legacy you know this is obviously i've touched on it before but my legacy is what i want my children to remember me as but if i'm doing this for my children i can do it to everybody else as well so it's it's being kind it's having time for people it's making people feel special making them smile you know those those kinds of things are really really important and and if if people get that from me then they can adapt it and use it themselves you know the world's a better place you know yeah. that that that's a that's a given and it's free all of that stuff's free such an important point there so what i'm hearing chris is it's about showing appreciation to others showing appreciation for yourself and that's part of humility i think is it's not thinking less of yourself but thinking about yourself or thinking of yourself less but you can still appreciate yourself and yeah. then and then an appreciation of life itself if you're on a if you're on a train platform chris and train was approaching the station and you'd just been passing the time of day with someone standing next to you and you suddenly had this moment of insight which said to you this person is just where I was at the end of 2019. Yeah. Just had that kind of hit of, wow, I've just realised that. Train comes into the station. That person's about to jump onto the train. You may never see them again. What do you call out to them? I think in, in real terms, you know, you, 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 you're not going to have a chance and, and you, you probably need to earn the... Earn the um, invite to be able to start helping them with this sort of type of coaching in a way but i think that the the minimum the minimum you can do is um just do something positive and and influence that influence that behavior and it, it just makes a difference to their day so you you might smile at them you might compliment them on something that they're they're wearing or ask them where they've got it from you know um it's very very simple stuff it doesn't cost anything and then at the end of it you know 
have a good day and 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 crack on with your own day sort of thing so i think that's that's in in real terms if we're being realistic that's really all you can do uh, at, with, with the time span in that in that in that moment of time that you've probably got um obviously you know unfortunately people are only ready to listen when they are ready so you might see someone having some difficulties you might see someone having trouble you you can't just go in there and go you know i i can i can turn things around for you i can give you some tools i want to give i want to share my experience and Ra, da, 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 da. you can't i don't think you can do that i think that you need to invite that and i think even if you did do that it, it might go on deaf ears until they're actually ready to want to try to turn things around um and, and i think that's quite important as well you know it, this is great me talking to you tim and i'm hoping your listeners are, are going to get something valuable even if it's one thing out of our conversation today then then our work is done but at the same time there will also be people who go yeah that sounds great but yeah realistically how does that work that they just might not be ready to take that challenge on in terms of 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 trying to really self-analyze trying to improve what they do what they stand for and in their everyday activities and everyday thoughts and feelings and and actions and and you know it's quite a big thing to do it takes quite a lot of energy to do, but it is so rewarding and provides you abundance of energy back again. Yeah. You know, everybody feels much more energized when they're happy or they're, they've done something positive or they're seeing the benefit of their fruit. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but yeah, so, but I think in that, in that, in that moment of time, I think that's all you can probably do. How about just, um, I would just like to push that one step further. Um, the seventh value of make life click, and we haven't covered this yet um, within a podcast, is curiosity. And I could say that that, in part, is the power of questioning. Yeah. What if I was to say to you, completely agree with what you're saying in terms of telling someone something or getting yeah. them to open up about themselves and their life? Instead of that, what if I was to say, what question could you ask them? That encourage that to encourage them to ask themselves that question to give them something to go and think that question stuck in my mind. Well, I, I tell you, you know, a very a very powerful question you could ask someone with with you know in the right scenario is are you okay? Because a bit like my ring doorbell, you know, they might come away. So it might it just be you know three words. And uh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Yeah, why would you ask? You know, or, or it might it might develop a conversation from there. Yeah. But what that might make them think is they go away and go, I don't look okay. You know, what what is that? And it, and it just might trigger in their mind a bit of honesty or or self acknowledgement that maybe they're not okay. And it just might be the difference between them turning a corner in terms of doing something about it or or not. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, by no means am I recommending this course of action. You know, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, you know, a professional in in how in how minds work. I just know how mine works and, and yeah. what's worked for me. But um, I, I just you could plant the seed is all I'm saying in terms of making them think about how things are because we all run at 100 miles an hour and probably never stop to think, how am I? at the moment mm. Mm. final question from me to you chris if chris based more of his decisions on hope he would be well if i it's very it's a very strong question i think to to be able to to be able to do this to be able to do the things i've been talking about you know, you know all all i all i want to all i want to be when I say all, it's quite a and it's it's quite a thing, but because of because of hope and focusing on hope, and and being proactive, you know, you can't just hope. You need to be doing something about it for yourself as well. Being selfish with your time to improve yourself. But I hope that 
this reverts to my 10 year plan that in 10 years time, I've got a, I've still got a, a, a wonderful relationship with my daughters that I've got a wonderful relationship with my wife that I'm doing something that I'm bouncing out of bed in the morning to do. I've got all the energy in the world. I'm, I'm doing, I'm still doing all my fitness. I'm doing a little bit more mobility stuff. I've still got my mobility, you know, I'm still, I'm still able to go out and do my trail runs and stuff like that. I still, I, I know I need to do my stretches and my Pilates and this, that and the other, but that's the things I'm doing every day. So that in 10 years, I hope, that I'm still in that position to be able to do that, you know, that I'm enjoying life to the maximum by the the effort and hard work I'm putting in now to, to be the best version of myself and by, by doing those things on a daily basis and planning daily and weekly. Does that answer your question, Tim? <laughs> I think only you can say whether it answers my question. Um, <laughs> y- y- yes, it answers my question. And it, it says to me, Chris, that, what you hope for is to enjoy being authentically you. Yeah. And, and that legacy, you know, that, that I can, by demonstration and by sharing the tools as well, I can set my daughters up with those, what I consider the life tools that I've only really found out in the last year. That I wish I'd known 30 years ago. I wish I'd adapted how I went about things instead of thinking in a corporate way, you know, about self-development. I never really self-development in, in a corporate world to me was all about just how do I develop in my career? Yeah. Nobody ever talks to you about how do you develop personally? Yeah. And that's your responsibility as an individual. You've got to make that happen for yourself. But unless you even recognize it or realize it, it's, you, you probably either never be aware of it or like me find out about it you know when in his 50th year 51st year and think wow you know the only regret is that I didn't know about this 20 or 30 years ago and 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 haven't focused my everyday actions and activities around around that so that I I I don't I I can't imagine what my life may have been like you know the, the stress that I may not have had you know, all of how I've been able to deal with things differently over the last 30 years just by having those tools in my toolbox. And if I can, as a legacy, pass that on to my daughters, for me, that sets them up for life. It's not about what you give them in, in money and, you know, um, uh, things like that. You know, obviously it always helps, but if you give them the emotional strength and emotional intelligence and tools that can help them, for me, that's that's my job done. Yeah. Chris, I've certainly appreciated talking to you and I wish you all the very best for your future and I hope that we can talk more. Join us again next time when we'll be exploring the value and the power of courage together. But until then, have a great week and thank you so much again, Chris. No, absolutely my pleasure, Tim, and hope hope everybody got something out of that and uh, certainly look forward to many more conversations with you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Make Life Click podcast. We hope it's been helpful for you. Please leave us a comment wherever you listen to podcasts and we hope you'll join us again next time.